Welcome everyone to episode 84 of the Oregon Podcast. I'm Faris and as usual I'm with my lovely esteemed colleague John. Hi John, how are you? Hello, lovely to be here. 84 as you say, impressive. Yeah. We're marching on. Um, yeah, marching on. It's going great. There's no oh, Lord, sorry, I just finished eating before we started recording, so I'm just it's a bit spicy, so I'm still bracing myself. But I'll be good for the episode, I'm sure. I, I bum-rushed John into this recording because I can't wait to get started. Uh, I think we have quite an exciting, or at least very interesting episode um, ahead of us. A couple of new big things, a couple of new big things. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be fun because uh, we're going to talk about two big games, and uh, I think we're going to do it in a fun way because we have only played one of them each. So uh, there's going to be one person who could talk a lot about the game and the other person asking questions and stuff, and I think that's going to be really good. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have any pre-show banter, John. Um, there's not much. I mean, there's a lot going on, and I say this. Not warmed so. up with anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I've been because, as you say, as we're about to talk about, you you've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Mirage, and I've been playing yes. a lot of Modern Warfare Three. We haven't been uh, paying as much attention to other stuff, but I think in general there hasn't been. I don't think we've missed anything uh, too massive in the news this week by just going on and talking about those games. Yeah, at least not uh, the type of stuff that we would usually cover here. I mean, there's obviously lots of <laughs> there's always lots going on, and the there's always game. news. There's always news. Um, but yeah, we're gonna focus on these two games, and I think um, let's start. I think let's start with AC. Um, let's do it let's do it Assassin's Creed Mirage I played it I reviewed it for the site Um, a link in the show notes as usual and yeah uh, I think a little bit of context uh, in case people don't know because I think that's maybe the most interesting thing about this um, game is that it used to be uh, in in early concept phase uh, planned as DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla the last big uh, mainline Assassin's Creed game which at this point came out Three years ago, I think, 2020. It was with the new consoles, wasn't it? So, yeah, 2020, I uh, think. Um, and, yeah, Mirage uh, was supposed to be DLC for that, uh, as it features Basim, who plays a big role in that game. An interesting mirroring of the two games uh, The two games we're going to talk about. They yes. share that commonality. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they made its uh, own game out of it, um, you know brush it up a bit, uh, bolstered it a bit in content, and uh, turned it not just into its own AC, but into an, an AC that is supposed to be a back-to-the-roots kind of thing. Another interesting parallel, perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, what that means is uh, we have sort of, <laughs> I would say, classic Assassin's Creed gameplay here. It's very stealth-focused. It's focused on actual assassinations, you're playing an actual assassin, uh, and it kind of feels, uh, gameplay-wise, closer to Assassin's Creed 2, and in terms of vibes, very close to Assassin's Creed 1, because it's set in Baghdad in the uh, 9th century, which uh, just in terms, like, very superficially is very reminiscent of the Middle East turn setting of Assassin's Creed 1, even though I think that was 12th century. But you know, yes, it was during the Crusades. You're right. Yeah, uh, I, but as you say, superficially to a Western audience, yeah. it's uh, much of a muchness. I think. I think. Yeah, the little nuances of history will be lost too, uh, myself included. But um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, and that goes as far as like the game including a 
I don't know what it, I forgot what it's called. It might literally be called a nostalgia filter, where uh, you can turn on the you know the weird blue hue that Assassin's Creed One had. Uh, yes, yeah. Turn it on the Mirage. Uh, so it, maybe it's called classic filter or something. Wow, that sort of simulates the animus at work. That kind of yeah. explains where you can't go into this zone or... Yes, yeah, okay, that, that's quite interesting. Wow, they really are trying to pull on the, the heartstrings of nostalgia, huh? They are, but it's kind of weird because uh, I have to say I, I did enjoy my time with Sunscreen Mirage, but there is... It is kind of a weird product because um, it's kind of exactly what my intro makes it sound to be, I think. Whereas it is it is sort of this like nostalgia baity thing, but it it's not as it doesn't really do nostalgia bait. It kind of just like hints towards like, hey, wasn't it great that Assassin's Creed used to be the way it used to be? And doesn't do much with it, I think, because they're not gonna continue making games like this. I mean they they maybe will, but the mainline stuff will still be those huge sprawling RPGs. And Mirage is kind okay. of this like bridge between um the 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 big mainline games like Valhalla and uh, Codename Red, which is gonna be the next big one. And okay. so it can't so be it's... like too significant, you know, it like can't yeah. be too too much of its own thing. It's still like does a... it feel like a stopgap? Like like does it uh yeah, like obviously it's between these two things, but and it's hard to sort of judge, you know, how much content should you get with a game like that, what's acceptable, what's not, whatever. But did it feel like maybe there was uh yeah like a sort of um if it, if it's if it's clear to you that it's not going to keep going in this direction and the next one that will be big and this was just as i say a kind of stopgap bit of nostalgia on the way is is there is there kind of anything there that you think they will carry on with any sort of is there much new innovation or is it very much this is just a stopgap kind of enjoy it for the nostalgia but we're going back next year or is there stuff here you see them you know, wanting to explore further at all. Well, I I would say uh, two, two things to that. I think this is a proper game. It's like 20 to 30 hours long. And it's, in quotation marks, only $50, which, considering that nowadays games cost like 70 to 80 is a considerate, uh, considerable uh, difference. Um, and it feels like a proper game from 10, 15 years ago. Like, it, it feels, in terms of, like, the content breadth... Um, like Assassin's Creed 2. Um, but the game has no original idea of its own, I would say. And there's nothing really too exciting about it, with one major exception. But even that is, uh, and, and I mean the city. I love the city. I love Baghdad. Uh, but it feels like, yeah, we're doing Assassin's Creed, old school Assassin's Creed city design. Uh, it's It's, like I said, uh, in terms of vibes, very reminiscent of the first game. And the gameplay is very similar to... Um, it's kind of a mix of like the RPG titles and classic stealth Assassin's Creed. Maybe most comparable with like Syndicate, because you have actual functioning stealth here, where you can like crouch and hide behind corners and <laughs> and, and, and whistle and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you have also like obviously you have a bird that basically functions like a drone, so that you can mark all the enemies. You have uh, like <laughs> that's that's quite Valhalla, isn't it? Or maybe yeah. it was, I don't know when they introduced that one of the Origins. recent ones, but yes, I know the yeah. uh, drone bird of which you speak. Of the big RPG games, Origins is the one that I played the most. I put, I did everything in Origins. I played it for like seventy hours or so, and I loved the game. 
and the uh, the gameplay feels quite similar uh, in that, just with like truly way less of a focus on combat. I mean, the focus is on stealth, but it's still like when you get you know, th sorry, uh, when you get detected and you get into combat, it's sort of a classic AC thing where like most enemies die after one parry, uh, 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 with a very generous parry window. So you could theoretically um, cut your way through it. It's still quite difficult, especially when you have multiple enemies and like uh, stronger enemies. Uh, so you should really try to stealth, but it's not impossible. Um, whereas the RPG titles were much more like, yeah, the combat is a much bigger part of these games, even in Origins and especially in Valhalla. Uh, so that's yeah, kind of where the rules. classic AC stuff does indeed come in. Like it does indeed feel like two, or I would rather say Syndicate. Uh, I haven't played Unity. I think uh, that's one I heard uh, heard a lot about as well in terms of comparisons. But the, uh, there's obviously it's still obviously made from the skeleton of the RPG games. You know, like there's this, and it's kind of jarring in a way because <laughs> you 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 have those weird conflicts where you have the same kind of Destiny-like gear menu. You don't have any RPG elements per se, but you have like skill points that are kind of arbitrarily given to you. Uh, after main missions or certain side quests or just like okay. randomly if you do a certain amount of uh, side content I think like if you if uh, I think I got randomly skill points after just like doing collectible stuff I'm not quite sure okay but it's not like a complete purist we haven't completely got rid of that stuff no it's but, because okay. it's uh, the game it's built upon has those systems right so it also still has those systems to some degree uh but it's obviously very, very strongly pared down. Uh, the, the focus okay. is supposed to be uh, pure. And the only way I can see them going forward with this is if they keep doing this type of thing to use uh, this kind of game, which is shorter, more focused, pure, more akin to the classic games as like stop gaps, right, between the big ones. I'm, I mean, to be fair, what I didn't know <clears throat> and what you just mentioned there, now this is a, and I, I just checked it there on the UK store as well. I said it's cheaper in America. It's also cheap, cheaper UK, Europe, wherever. The fact it is, uh, and it was quite significant. It's like forty-five pound, whereas the normal AAA games these days are seventy usually on PS Five. So if it's at two thirds, let's say about two thirds, and uh, somewhere around the sort of sixty, seventy percent the price of a, of a, you know, one of those big AC games, a normal AAA for this day and age, I would say that's. Um, that puts me in a much more sympathetic light to this idea of them occasionally doing stopgap games like this. Like that, that's, I've got to hand it to them. That's pretty fair. They didn't try and, uh, you know, just bundle it in as another 70, 80 euro game and thought they could just get away with that. Like, I've got yeah. to say, it, given they've reduced the price right off the rip day one, you know, the RRP is down. I'm... I'm more forgiving of this. You know, I think I could enjoy this as a, maybe not every year, but a sort of, Maybe one in every three AC games. Yeah, which is what this yeah, is, something right? something like that. And yeah. I, I fully agree. And there's, uh, there's a lot to enjoy with this game. I, Like I said, I had a pretty good time with it. Um, my one major complaint is that, um, despite some of the complaints I already <laughs> mentioned, uh, is that I think the storytelling is is very bad in this. It's uh, I do not care... Um, about any time anyone opens their mouth, I uh, tune out and I'm I'm skipping through dialogue and I'm kind of annoyed that I have to sit through this. 
Uh, because nice. You just want to get back to the staffing. It's, wow. It's partially because <laughs> I didn't really play Valhalla, so I don't know much of the context, but also uh, Mirage is a prequel. Oh, 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 you missed out on no. another very mediocre story there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing is, uh, Mirage is a prequel, right? So, like, technically you can enjoy it without knowing Valhalla, but uh, you will probably get more out of seeing Basim, a young Basim if you know him from Valhalla. Uh, and I have to say, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I really, he's so annoying. He's one of the worst AC characters easily to me. Like, fucking Yeah, lo- not endearing. Loved Bayek, loved Etsy, obviously. Uh, like the, what are they called? The twins from Syndicate. Um, oh, oh I know who you mean. Fryer or something. Like Evie and... Evie and something? Jacob. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah Fry. Evie and Jacob Fry. Uh, mm-hmm. AC has a lot of good main characters. Even fucking, what's the Irish guy uh, from, from Black Flag? Uh, oh, Edward Ken Conway. Conway? Edward Conway, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Ken was the guy on. from the third one, or not Ken? Yeah, uh, sorry, Connor. Connor. On. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, I, Connor I, Ken I, I, like I, I really quite like all of them, even Connor, even though the three is similarly bad. I think in terms of storytelling, uh, but yeah, I just do not care, and I think the writing is really bad. A lot of the voice acting is really bad, even though that's like, <laughs> I've, I've never enjoyed Assassin's Creed voice acting. Is truly like that's where it really reveals that this is like a B, like a campy B movie. TV show type of uh, series, like the voice yeah. acting is so hammy, right? And yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's really you. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Sorry, like, like, like the played up accents and stuff. It's like oh, it, it's always yeah. been bad. You know, like even yeah. in the <laughs> in the Etsy trilogy, they're like oh, literally like you meet Etsy's uncle. And he's like it's a me Mario. You know, like yeah, literally though. He's actually called Mario. Yes, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's called top. Mario, and he literally is, that's a, his first line. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, right from the off, we knew AC wasn't going to be good storytelling when they did the whole, um, their insistence on an animus plot in the modern day. But but that that's a, I've never been impressed by the AC storytelling, but it's really bad here then, is it? You just didn't care about or know any of the characters too much. There's one character who's quite enjoyable when she's on screen, uh, Roshan. Um, I'm going to look up the actress because she's fantastic and she's like, she's Basim's mentor. And she okay. has the classic mentor figure, nothing... Like I said, the game has no original ideas. But it's 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 well done. It's, like, fun. She has this, like, really deep, scratchy, smoky voice. And nice. Good for a mentor. And she's kind of the one of the few voice actors who's not doing, like, the hammy accent thing. She's just talking. Shore um, Akdash is the name of the actress. Uh, and she's fantastic, and I really enjoy her character, and I enjoy listening to her and seeing her. And everyone else, almost everyone else, is like, yeah, I, I, I'm not enjoying that, especially Basim. Basim's so annoying. Uh, he's very, in Valhalla at least, he's very, maybe it's because it's at like the end of his life he knows everything at that point, but he's very, um, like, self-satisfied and a bit smug and arrogant in um, Valhalla. But I don't know, maybe when he's younger, he's a bit more... Uh, he's worse. <laughs> he's worse in other ways, yeah, yeah. Um, the characterization of him is really weird because at the beginning of the game, he's not part of the Hidden Ones yet. And in and, and, and this part of the Assassin's Creed timeline, the Hidden Ones are what later will become the Assassins. Um, okay. He's just like a street thief, right? And he's supposed to be this, like, young um, uh, kind of... Uh, you know, headless, heedless uh, um, ruffian who, like, doesn't care about the rules and, like, just does whatever he wants. 
and doesn't listen to uh, other people's warnings about all the dumb shit he gets up to. And he's, ba he's basically like Ezio, right? And uh, he's supposed to be this like young, carefree, uh, silly guy, but he looks yeah. like a 42-year-old who hasn't slept in like three <laughs> days. Like he, he, he already looks like an old man. Um, nice. And yeah, I didn't enjoy his. I don't enjoy his voice actor's performance. I'm sorry. That's uh, like. Um, but it all comes together. Like yeah. it, it really rubs me the wrong. He really rubs me the wrong way. I like, really don't like him. Then he has like this. Obviously, this like he becomes an assassin, right? And there's like yeah. two training montages, and then he comes out, and the epic, the music swelling. A few months have passed, and he has a full beard, and he looks. He's standing in the desert and he looks at... So even older. <laughs> looks like um, yeah. <laughs> Ezio from Revelations, where he's like a 60-year-old man in Constantinople. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes from the beginning of AC2 to like the end of AC Brotherhood in like an hour. Um, nice. In terms of character development. And he looks at Baghdad in the in the distance. He's like, oh, the city is calling to me. And I'm like, oh, you, oh I hate you. You're so cringe. You're so annoying. Uh, so I'm really sorry. I really don't like the guy. But I enjoy playing this game. Like I enjoy a bug that is gorgeous. Like it's a really beautiful game. Um, graphically, it's obviously it's still coming out for like old gen, you know, PS4 and Xbox One, and you can see that, especially in like character models and stuff. But just their their art design is so strong, and they obviously know what they're doing, uh, especially in terms of like creating a city, creating like this playground for you to run around in and explore and find all these. Um, uh, famous sites and different districts of the city and everything's like beautifully made and it's very dense and there's a cool thing where you know like the codex entries where uh, the game explains to you in like three paragraphs a, co <laughs> uh, a complex historical oh, yeah. Uh, thing yeah 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 uh, those are like collectibles in this game so that's pretty fun that was quite motivating to me and like just being in Baghdad like uh, it's so funny that like the tower thing, right, is still there from the very first game. Like, fifteen years later, they're still doing the thing where you climb a tower. We synchronize. Yeah, and it yeah, still yeah, works. Yeah. You know, it's still cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It it, it is yeah. iconic. And yeah. it's it's still it's still fun like to do that. It's still like cool to climb these towers and then have a good look at this gorgeous city. And, 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 yeah. and no doubt there's a cart with hay on the back that's conveniently just at the bottom of that tower. I forgot. Uh, I for as there are under every tower, yeah. I forgot when, maybe it was already with AC Brotherhood, but they uh, quite quickly started like mixing those up where you uh, jump into wow. a, a uh, um, what's it, like a heap well, of roses, a rose yeah, uh, mixing it up is uh, Mixing it up is generous. Visually. It's, it's usually a bit, yeah, visually. It's a big pile of something yeah. soft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, it feels good to play. Like Bassin feels good to control this stuff. It's, it's pretty. It's very simple. It's like, uh, I mean, if you want to be critical, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> if you consider that's like a game like uh, like Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain, still to me, maybe the game with the best feeling, uh, most uh, fun gameplay ever made, and the. Just the amount of variety you have in terms of how to deal with stealth action situations is still insane. And like something like Mirage is a child's play in comparison. But it's fun. Like it's snappy. It works. Um, I mean, you could do the thing where you hide around the corner, you whistle to a guard, you kill them, and you put them on a pile of, of bodies. And you can like basically yeah. 
<laughs> a lot, of, a lot of the missions you can clear like that. <laughs> um, Just keep yeah. whistling, keep piling up the bodies. And yeah, again, it's like nothing innovative, right? You have like you have your tools, you have throwing knives, you have like bombs to distract people, you have blow darts uh, with berserk darts, <laughs> you know, like an AC two, uh, all of that stuff. Um, but it feels good. It's snappy. Um, the systems are like working well together. It's fun. Um, but it's very, yeah, it's very familiar. Everything about this is familiar. I, I've seen and felt everything about this before. Um, but, you know, if you want that, if you're into that, then, you, yeah, I can recommend Mirage. Like you said, it's, it's uh, like we said earlier, it's it's cheaper. It, it delivers on the back to the roots thing. It feels good to play. The, the city is gorgeous. There's a lot to enjoy here, but, like, obviously, to a limited degree, like... Yeah. Um, I think that like critic. This will be. This, it doesn't sound like this will be anyone's favorite AC game. No. But it probably also won't be many people's uh, least favorite. It'll be a kind of as you say, solid. Yeah. It's, it's sounding like a kind of yeah, solid 15, 20 hours. I mean, if, if it's starting at only fifty dollars, I imagine in no time it'll be on sale for, you know, twenty five, yeah. thirty bucks. Do, so. Those games are like always price, on sale. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'd be happy to pick it up. You know, as a, a as a as a relative AC fan, it sounds like you could have a good weekend with it. But I don't think yeah. it's going to be iconic for anything. Uh, yeah. uh, a little more. There's a little more to that. Like I think uh, okay. the completion is probably supposed to be like thirty hours, which is like you know, there's obviously a lot of collectibles in this game. Uh, I didn't care for most of them. There, there's some fun stuff in there, but. Um, it's nothing too crazy. They did the thing that I didn't want them to do, where it's like you have a secret crazy armor, but it's just random collectibles hidden, not even really hidden, just like spread across the map. There's no dungeons, uh. nothing special attached to them. Uh, there's like 10 shards you can collect, and they're carried by like just a dude. And you kill the dude, and you get the shard, and you have 10 of them. That's shitty. The I, I got the armor give of me, like Give me hours. a little mini parkour dungeon, a little yes. puzzle or something to do that shit, yeah. But I have to say, generally, the mission design is quite good. There's a lot of, like, you do a lot of, like, oh, you need to go to this one place and do a thing. Uh, either uh, kill someone or uh, free a prison or whatever. And it's always, like, this big complex. Like, either prison. There's a really fun mission set in the House of Wisdom, which is, like, this iconic... A very famous basically library um and these are all, all like really big complex uh buildings and it's fun to like explore them and do your stuff thing in there like and the, i really enjoy the design of that it's it's quite reminiscent of uh like i said i didn't play the other games uh, as much but origins had a similar approach to level design where you had this like huge areas that you slowly murder everyone in <laughs> and that's really fun and it yeah. works for ac it works yeah. for ac there's kind of big yeah monoliths the massive um, buildings still so, a little yeah. bit parkour so a little bit of clearing solid game uh nothing special doesn't move any needle forward but it's it's fun it's fun i i can't imagine. nice i am slowly uh um i've played like around 15 i'm not sure somewhere between 15 to 20 hours and i'm slowly uh, getting tired of it. <laughs> I think I'm gonna stop playing soon, but it's uh, yeah. I have fun. You might maybe you'll drop on a couple more times. Yeah, just to just to feel the yeah. air of Buck Dead, you know. Nice. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, well that sounds like it's uh, almost to a almost a hundred percent exactly what we predicted the game would be. Yeah. Um, and not and then not to say that negatively, we didn't think there's anything any nightmares here, or anything really bad going on. 
Um, I mean, I guess we can count it out of our big uh, game of the year bonanza whenever we talk about that. I don't think this is going to be in the running for uh, the big one, the big game of the year. Um, no. Maybe something smaller, maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, we talked about this, actually. We talked about this recently. There's no history category, it's like education category. Um, well, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I, there's some award they can pick up here. I think I'm about to play. Uh, I'm about to play a game that I think would absolutely blow AC out of the water in terms of like educating people about the history. Ah, okay, uh, so it doesn't even have so, that. Okay, amazing. I, okay, I mean, it's yeah. a different approach. It's like uh, it's called the making of Karateka, and it's like this um, interactive documentary about uh, one of the 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 game that came before Prince of Persia, which. Um, was like massively influential came out in the 80s and they made this like amazing documentary about it basically that is interactive uh so even in terms of like educational video games i would from what it's i've heard put that one. above uh, above ac even though uh, i like that part of ac it's nice to learn uh, how bazaars worked uh, a thousand years ago it's fun yeah it's yeah cool. oh that sounds cool yeah um talking about you know Games that don't move the needle necessary, that are very familiar, maybe feel a bit like stop gaps. John, you played Modern Warfare 3. Um, yeah. Not to put very words similar, into your mouth. Um, well, no, no, you, I mean, very, uh, obviously very different games. Call of Duty and AC. But very similar in, yeah, what you just said. This this feels like a stop gap. This was originally DLC for MWT that came out last year. It's planned as like year two content. So they've just called it MW3, but it's kind of set in that world. So it's the first time we've had a game followed the last that's immediately from the same world and universe. It's not the kind of jump from MW to Black Ops. It's straight to a new thing in MW. Um, and because it is... So I've been playing it all weekend. It was the open beta. We'll be playing it together this weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Maybe next. Maybe we'll talk about it. It'll be like our thing we played. Or I don't know. But we'll play some more together next week. But we can already say quite a lot based on the beta. And I will say... That's how we originally thought of this, that this was a game that was uh, just a stopgap. And uh, that's kind of the best thing about it. Because because they've had to scramble to quickly make a game, a full game in a year, they've had to do two things. The first is they've had to get everyone on board. So I, I just finished the review I wrote for this that you read and that I, I talk about this in the sort of conclusion of that review of what I think's you know, the two big strengths here that are given to MW3 because they've just had to quickly out of necessity pull this thing together is one, they've had to get all of the studios to work on this in a sense. So they're borrowing the best part from every studio. So we've got Infinity Ward's Modern Warfare setting, the game that was you know, technically year one of this game, last year's game. We've got Triarch's gameplay, the guys that do Black Ops. It feels like they're kind of a... It, it, it's clearly borrowed a lot from their engine, their style of movement, their TTK. And it's Sledgehammer, the third studio that are combining these things. So more than any game I've ever played, uh, certainly in a very long time, does it feel like less like, okay, I'm playing a Treyarch game or okay, I'm playing an Infinity Ward game, but I'm playing a blend of all the studios because they all had to get together and make this DLC work. That I think is fantastic and we'll talk about it in a bit and it's like one of the biggest strengths of this game. But also, just on a more, um, uh, just on a, on, a, on a seedier, more human level, because they realise they're selling us a map pack they've had to make it to a game and because of leaks these days, everyone knows that fact. 
Activision have basically had to say, or Sledgehammer, the, the devs principally in charge of this game, have basically had to adopt this attitude of, we'll give you what you want on the small decisions. So whereas before, when things were all gravy and they were doing great numbers, uh, they could say, they, they could basically say, like last year, I remember after the beta, the feedback, there was this kind of open letter they wrote to the community and it was kind of like, look, we hear your feedback, but fuck off, we know what we're doing. This year, they can't listen to just themselves or what the engagement algorithms tell them they should do. They're just giving the community exactly, you know, what they've wished for on a few occasions because they need to keep us sweet. They need to keep us in a good mood about this card because they're selling us DLC. So as I say, because of that, because of the ugly start to this game, we've got those two great elements going on. That they're being very permissive in their game design and that all of the studios are coming together for once. And so I think ultimately, you're kind of left with a very fun, good experience. I'm confident for this card. I think for most consumers, it'll come down to, are you okay with the fact that they've they've transformed a DLC into this full pack, full in quote-unquote package for you are you okay that they've done that and there's clearly a lot of reused assets here you know we are sort of getting the same content we're getting campaign we're getting zombies we're getting 16 multiplayer maps in many ways on surface we're getting the same content but you're not going to get that feeling of freshness because there's so much reused from every department here so if you can get past that though and if you're not buying cards for a feeling of something novel and fresh and you do want a more more refined kind of multiplayer experience I, I think there's a lot to offer here. I think my, my, like my overall experience on the weekend was fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know how to break it down bit by bit. I don't know whether we can get to that full thing or whether we should save it for tomorrow. But, the, I mean, the big things for most people of what they've done here is they've basically taken MW2 from last year, as I said, with, which is the Modern Warfare setting. And they've got... It's, it's all uh, Modern Warfare map remasters from the 2009 MW2. So we're very much in the Modern Warfare universe with those characters, those kind of modern weapons and things like that. And then they've, what they've done to that is they've taken a Triarch gameplay approach. So there's a really high TTK. It's like 150 base health. So fights are a lot longer. There's clearly a skill gap. The game is faster. There's more aggressive movement options. The aim assist even feels a little bit weaker. So, you know, you get absolutely turned on and it feels difficult. Um, it does feel difficult. So we've got a Modern Warfare setting with a Triarch gameplay design with its higher skill gap. And then, as I say, we've got um, Sledgehammer putting this whole thing together. Um, I don't really know. It's like, this is such a, you know, obviously we didn't such an immense thing with COD. So I don't really know like how to go with this bit by bit. And as I say, we'll move on to it more next time. Um, but I do think in general, my, my overall th feeling here is, although, as I say, I disagree with, you know, how we've arrived at this game and how it began, I think there's loads of really, really smart things here. I would say that the, the height and skill gap will um, maybe be the most divisive part of this because some people are just... A lot of people are going to be tempted to blame on SPMM uh, skill-based matchmaking where, you know, people complain because they get matched with... Uh, they say it's I'm being matched with sweat. You're being matched with people on your level if you've done well. But, you know, you really feel it in this game when you're in lobbies with people who are geared. Like, me and uh, we work with here, another guy we were playing on the weekend, and there are some games where we were in people who just were destroying us, absolutely destroying us. Um, so obviously that's not going to be popular with some people. Some people will think that's a good thing and healthy for the game. But outside of that one perhaps more divisive thing, 
in every other respect, you know, with the modes, with these maps, with the graphics, the sound design, in so many areas, I think because they've given the community what they've wanted, because they've just taken the best of what the other studios have produced, although it's a bit of a, you know, random kind of hodgepodge of all these things pushed together, you kind of end up with a really good result in many ways. Like, I think the gunfights are good. I think the movements are good. The maps are fun. You know, the lighting is good. Um, uh, the, the pace of the game is very good. So, yeah, that that that's really my one message. It's a shame that this is how the game came to be. And there's a lot of reused assets here. And there is a skill gap that is maybe too large for some fans and they will not enjoy it because you do get absolutely destroyed sometimes. But, in you know, that that's... Some, some people will enjoy that. In every other respect, I think we've actually got a good card in our hands here. And I'm feeling really hopeful, like more hopeful for this franchise than I have uh, since, I, I don't know, in quite a long time, in at least three, four years or so. Um, yeah, yeah. Are you excited to play it next weekend? Uh, no. And I think the main reason is um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to chuckle every time you mentioned the maps because uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned it earlier, but they're all re yeah you, I think you did they remastered from the original Modern Warfare Two, which is just so funny to me. And like I edited your fantastic review earlier, which we'll also link to in the show description, um, and like some of the images you included uh, were like from from those maps, right? And it was so fucking funny to see Favela again. And like, uh, you mentioned yeah. Skid Row and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't believe they're getting away with this. Like, um, in, in to, to some degree, because uh, I don't mind- full game's worth. Yeah. All of these maps are remastered. Sorry, yeah. carry on, carry yeah, on. Yeah, that, that's kind of my thing and like the difference between this and Mirage, because like we said, I think it was always clearly communicated what Mirage is. It's cheaper. Uh, there was never any, they never tried to really upsell this game. Um, whereas this, this does feel like a weird stopgap Frankenstein's monster, like you said, like all cobbled together from like different studios, different elements. Um, sold as a new game, right? And marketed as a new game. Like even, uh, I'm obviously not quite as deep into the uh, ecosystem as you, but like even some of the interviews and stuff I saw don't really talk about that as openly. They're like, oh yeah, we, we always wanted to remaster these maps and now was just like the perfect time to, to do it and stuff like that. And it's like, yes, but why, man, why? It's because you didn't have time to make new ones because this is not a real game. However, I I do uh, I yeah they haven't they haven't mentioned those things yeah <laughs> of course not because they're... sorry Carol I was just saying yes you're right you haven't missed an interview that you're 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 right in how you've uh, judged their marketing um yeah of course they can't because they have to pretend like this is a real boy like this is a real game um but I I I am um it it does sound like what I expected this to be is basically also to be like Modern Warfare 2, like the last one, um, in terms of like the gameplay, the feel. And I'm, it piqued my interest a little bit to hear you say like, no, it's different, it's closer to a Treyarch game and and, and, and and stuff like that. Um, what are maybe like the biggest differences between Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3? You mentioned the higher TTK, but like maybe from the overall feeling. And what, yeah, what are, like, if you were coming from just off last year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's 
that is a huge difference, obviously, that there is the bigger um, TTK. So time to kill, you know, your, your your average health of the player has 150, whereas last year they had 100. So it's a whole 50% extra health. 50% it was very quick. amount of time that you're adding onto those fights. It's very quick. You're kind of blasting people. And what that kind of leads to is, yeah, it was very slow last year. We didn't have many movement options, and it was really risky to ever leave cover So you, because you die in like a bullet. So you ended up not long, into the, like a week into the Mario player, people have figured it out. In MW2, the way it played was very much uh, mainly, unless you're very ballsy and want to grab an SMG, just take an AR, find some cover and pitch up on somewhere where you can cover a nice cross so you can like hold a lane and basically don't move. Like you are rewarded very much for stay still and kind of cover this lane and you'll just zip people as they go past really quick and bang them out. Um, this game, as I say, you've got so much more health and you've got so much more movement. Like slide cancelling in particular um, isn't here. I know people will talk about that particular mechanic they wanted from 2019, from Black Ops Cold War, from Vanguard, which is where you... Which is where you, you it's just like an exploit to make you move faster. Where you kind of half slide and you stop. You kind of in between sprinting, you go down to slide and you stop and carry on sprinting. Uh, they've got rid of that. They well, they they say, oh, we've brought it back. That was a weird thing they said in their marketing. We've brought it back. They yeah, haven't. Because it's not like an official movement. Thing, yeah, right. It's, it's not like, like an official movement thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like yeah. it, it was an exploit. It, it was an exploit. Just got popular. <laughs> Exactly. It was an exploit that got popular, but so popular it was like how people moved if for uh, a number of years, especially you know, especially on the Warzone side of things. Now they wanted uh, then then in Modern Warfare 2 last year they got rid of they completely made it impossible to slide cancel, and they slowed the whole game down. Like the strafe, you know, as you're aiming down sight, how much you can move left and right quickly. Your strafe speeds were very slow. Your aim down sight was very slow. They they got rid of slide cancel. They made the TTK slow, and at the same time they just got made general movement slow oh sorry they made the ttk really fast last year but the general movement slow so people were barely moving they have got rid of well they, they don't slide cancel doesn't work properly in this game and that's not the mechanic people are going to be taking advantage of but they have been able to bring in loads of speed around that so that i mean loads like you feel i don't think i've ever gone faster in a boots on the ground game and even in jetpacks i don't think you were moving as you were just as fast as you could, you know, laterally moving. It was never I don't think you were going quite this like, fast. Like, or Apex. No. What, Apex yeah. basically feels the it same was... as Titanfall, just without uh, some stuff. But Titanfall was always, even even during the jetpack era, like much faster than Call of Duty, like significantly so. Yeah. Like, COD, COD in the jetpacks it gave you vertical movement, but it wasn't that it was that fast. <laughs> Here... It's yeah, it's fast. Like it's really fast. Moving without a gun, you can fly around the maps. And when you do, even when you're aiming down sight, you can strafe left and right really, really quickly. Um, and that combines with the the higher TTK, the bigger health, the longer gunfights. You know, because you now need like six shots to get into each other, so you're just shooting each other for longer. That allows uh, lots of movement and resetting. And that's where I think it feels fundamentally most different from last year, is that we didn't really have gunfights last year. It was just this very much this thing of if you're... There was a positioning skill gap and that was it. If you're in the right position, you get rid of the person if you saw them first or if they moved, you know, absentmindedly across your field of view. In this, because of all these elements I've mentioned, the big thing that most people are going to feel is that you're actually in gunfights. Someone will shoot you and you've got time to react, quickly get down, and then you can turn around, you know, uh, strafe a bit, 
crouch up and down, fire back at each other, maybe swap weapons, maybe rotate to slightly different positions. You know, I'm you know, I'm pushing it. It's not fully like Warzone where you've got additional plates as well as that. But there really is um time and health for a proper fight. Um, and that's where it feels, yeah, as I say, most different from last year, that and the um, huge movement bust, uh, boost. There are some ways where it unfortunately feels similar to last year, like in the UI, for instance. That's something that um, I... So oh, I God. should have mentioned this. I should have mentioned this in my review. I didn't. Um, I might do... This is just my work in progress review. I might do my full one when we see what it's like when the full game is released. Maybe they'll make changes. Almost certainly not. But uh, for me, it didn't... I I wasn't as personally bothered by it, but I fully accept that last year's uh, user interface was awful, and they made it disgusting. kind of um, a, it was bad. They made thing. it yeah. They made it they, the, the the reason they were doing it and making it like that was because they're trying to roll in Warzone Mobile, which gets released early next year. They're trying <gasps> to roll course. that in as all this shared ecosystem, so that on any platform it would have the same UI. The problem is console and PCs can use effectively any type of ui but the one that's optimized for them doesn't work for mobile whereas mobile can only really have one so they had to settle on the mobile friendly ui which is the awful one from mw2 which is back this year that's one of the ways that uh that's one of the bad ways that mw3 is like mw2 but the way the game feels in multiplayer is really really different for the for the reasons i mentioned before that it's like it always sounds like this weirdly uh nitpicky complaint but if you think about it you spend some in a game like this especially a multiplayer focus game you spend so much time in the menu Especially, you do. You do. especially a game like COD where you tinker with your guns and your loadouts and stuff like that, right? And you wait in lobbies and, and, and so on. And on it was an excruciating experience in MW2. I, I, it's one of the worst menus I've ever experienced. I really, I actively hated it. Yeah. It, it caused me pain. Um, and then uh, the battle pass came in and that's even worse. <clears throat> the, the, the weird, like... Uh, uh, what's it called like honeycomb style yeah. uh, thing yeah. oh, god god awful. but you can see why if it was shrunk to a mobile yeah. why they would go with uh, those, those yeah, awful design features I think I remember reading um, that like the, the, the UI or UX designer of Hulu joined uh, Infinity Ward and worked on the menu uh, which is obviously a streaming service makes right? perfect sense and it does make sense like Everything is like, yeah, and it's very mobile friendly, uh, like these big buckets of things and like these big boxes and everything's like clickable, but obviously in a, with a controller, you, you're dragging. I don't, yeah. Does it have a Destiny-like cursor? I don't remember. Not nice. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I feel like it almost like would be better. I feel, the, in this day and age, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's a shame. But it's, it is interesting and that did genuinely pique my interest to hear like, yeah, it's different. Um, Maybe if you if you would have to name like one card from the past that it feels closest to, uh, do you have one in mind that you could say is comparable to this one? Um, it's not like Black Ops Four because it doesn't have stim shots. It's not quite that high a TTK. The t- you know what? It feels ah. Uh... It's really weird. You know, at the same time as being uh, borrowing from every other card and being really iterative, it's not really like anything else because it's the first time they've done this in this way and blended the two worlds. I want to say kind of Black Ops Cold War-y, but it feels a lot crisper than that. Uh, it's, it's very difficult, honestly, for me to say. The, the, the TTK is similar to Black Ops Cold War, 
which, but it's, which I haven't played um, much. No, it's it's really it's, honestly I'm finding it difficult to think of a game that's really like this. Black Ops Cold War is probably probably the closest in how gameplay feels, but it's yeah it's difficult because it's yeah it, it it's it's just a mix of things we haven't seen before. But probably Black Ops Cold War. Um, but even that's not super close because not as crisp. I did want to speak though quickly to the maps you mentioned. I yes, say, like, I was, uh, was going to come to yeah, the maps next. Yeah. Yeah. Please, we'll carry on then. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask, like, uh, obviously, to reiterate, they're all every map in this game is a remaster from the original Modern Warfare Two, fourteen uh, year old game. Um, and yeah, I wanted to know which maps were in the beta, and how was it to experience them again, John? Now as an as a full fledged adult, we were all like little yeah. kids when that game came out. Uh, yeah, it feels crazy. It feels yeah. crazy. Um, I remember it, I got well, in trouble for getting that game as a twelve year old. Oh no, too much. Eighteen plus, surely at the I, time. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I coerced my parents together for me, and they were like, "Uh, no." Uh, yeah, they, they saw me play, and they were like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> not this, yeah, yeah, not with no Russian. But, but <laughs> now we're mission. now we're adults, John. It's 13 years later, and we're still playing High Rise. Uh, 14 years later. Yeah, I was instantly hit. One thing I really like was hit behind liked uh, instantly was because um, I am coming to it with a lot of nostalgia, as you say. Like we played these games as kids. I love how similar the maps at least feel. Maybe it's just a, a fault of my memory, but at least. Uh, it feels like these maps are really similar in the color palette and the uh, structure to how they first appeared. And that was a huge relief to me because in remasters over the past four or five years, whenever they've done a remaster, they've kind of been inspired by the map, but they've changed a lot, both in the look, the colors, the shape, the structure. They, they change a lot, really. They just keep... Wasn't there yeah. a huge outrage when for one of the games they like changed one thing about Terminal? There's like one spot you now can't get to. And because uh, Terminal is like basically the holy grail of yeah, maps, at of least from that era. Remasters. I think they have confirmed you can't get to the back of the plane, which yeah. is a kind of cheesy, uh, very cheesy spell to wait uh, for people and, I, and, I think and just try costs, and earn easy streaks. Yeah, and I think that costs yeah. quite the... Quite, uh, I don't want to well, call it again, outrage, but, this speaks know. to the general philosophy they have of we're just going to give you what you want. Yeah. And if you ask for something, because we need to keep you sweet, we're going to give it to you. Because normally in remasters, they would think, no, we know best, actually. We're going to change this or that. And I think with remasters, while you do feel like, as you said, maybe you're getting less content, it's nice to have newer stuff. If you're going to do a remaster, give me the, a re- give me the original map again. I don't want, like, I'd rather have a wholly new thing than an inspired by map. That's the thing. So either if they're not going to do new maps, they're going to give me remasters. I'm really glad they made them look like how they did and feel like how they did. Now, which maps were in the I beta? Mean, uh, sorry, yes, it was Favela, uh, which you'll probably know, very iconic. Estate, which was Makarov's house in the woods. Uh, Skid Row, which is the really tight uh, in a city map, very small. Yeah, great map. And then Rust. Uh, Mm. just this game's shipment I don't care for Rust um, whatever it's, it's the tiny map it's just for levelling your guns I don't think you can like meaningfully play any of the and on it. very the, fun uh, one-on-ones great for one-on-ones <laughs> you're absolutely right but for, for any like uh, mode it, I, I'm, I'm judging the other three I do think in general I can't really blame this on the devs of this game because they have just faithfully recreated the maps that they said they were going to but it'll speak to the map pool of MW2 that there are some of these maps that don't work for certain modes. You know, people remember in their mind this game as 
flawless, godlike, absolutely goated maps. Some of them are. Some of them absolutely are not. Estate, I like Estate. Estate only works in a few modes. It's, it's really more of a search map that can occasionally yeah. work in big... Uh, 9v9 ground war modes. I love... Dave uh, used it here, 6v6 team deathmatch, and it doesn't work in that instance. What, what, but, what, what was it again? Know. Because I remember thinking, like, I love the vibe of a state and I love the mission from the from the campaign. It's iconic. It's uh, where the yeah. famous thing happens famous, that we won't say. We will, <laughs> we will not spoil a 14-year-old game on this podcast. Um, no. But what was the problem again? Was it too big or was it too hectic? Or was it like... Isn't it also that like there's like these really open sniper lanes? It's yeah, it's so it's the problem is it's so it's it's a hill and at the top of the hill there's a house and one set of spawns are at the top of the hill with the house and the others are at the bottom of the valley. So there's a clear imbalance. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and it means it, it means it doesn't work for a lot of modes. But there are modes, either modes with rotating spawns, uh, modes that aren't just direct like one v one symmetric kind of domination or something like that other modes like hardpoint like uh headquarters like search do work on this map but yes there are there are reasons why if you just throw people on it with a classic domination or team deathmatch it won't play well and it doesn't here but one thing i do want to mention before we do move on from maps is they've got map voting back which is mm. another just have it how you want community so i think people have been asking for something we didn't get for some reason for years where you know i don't need to explain this anytime you're in the lobby waiting for a game to begin you can choose one map or the other so i do think that in itself will do a huge amount to mean that you know 90 of the time we're only really playing eight of the 16 maps the eight better maps they, they, the they heard all those people who groaned every time when they played uh, mw2 and that fucking highway map came on yeah santa <laughs> center border crossing yeah, yeah as i'll always remember is the worst map in cod history yeah exactly it's, it's it's still like i love that map it's so fucking stupid <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous yeah i mean overall the maps here there are some good ones it's the mwt map you know it all already there are some great ones there are some good ones but it's still a cod game there's four that are bad and there's another four that are not amazing um no better or worse than usual i would say better than last year with some of those really bad ones but yeah, no how, how was it coming back like uh, n not in terms of like the nostalgia because obviously like if i would see skid row in hd i would also feel a type of thing about it you know like yeah i'm not yeah my yeah. heart is not made out of stone but um just in terms of like i'm playing a call of duty map in 2023 how do, how did that feel i think so <laughs> So this this is going to go back to the higher skill gap, the SBMM question that we had the other day. Uh, it felt really good sometimes, and when you did well, it felt really good. Um, and I, I've improved a lot since being a child. Um, but when MW2 came out, this is what I think a lot of people forget, and they think constantly they're kind of they're being... Uh, these days, when they have really hard lobbies, they think it's something wrong with the game or the matchmaking system, or that everybody in the world is a sweat now. I think in general, just with the way that gaming has changed and the rise of streamer culture and the more competitive nature, I would say, of multiplayer games, when MW2 came out, it was one of the first big mainstream console online uh, shooter experiences for console players, one of the first really, really big ones. I know, you know, it's been around since Halo 2, but it, it, that's when it was massively mainstream. And loads of people were shit. Everyone was a bot. It was 14-year-olds and plumbers, and it was... <laughs> Very few people were actually good at MW2. And so you could have and much everyone just who, felt naturally. Everyone who was good Correct. made like uh, uh, sniper montages on YouTube in 2009. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Just doing shit like that. Like, but the vast majority is casual, and it gives a casual sense to the lobbies. I would say here, now we were playing in the early access part of the um, beta, so you're going to get sweatier people at these times anyway. I would say in general, I think I don't think pe- people should. So you're going to come back. I think I don't want anyone to come back to this who hasn't played COD in a long time, wanted to play these new maps, and expect it to be exactly the same experience as last time. I think as the way the audience has changed, these lobbies, these games, are just naturally a bit more of a competitive, sweaty experience. And it does change how the whole experience is. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I gravitate to it. I, I like it a lot. But that is that that was just a noticeable change for me compared to yeah, MWT where people were using wild shit and you know they could get away with having loads of imbalanced stuff in the game and you know these days not the case and not with the changes to the movement on this as well like that that's another thing on the old maps for instance on um on favela there's a very long cross um over on um the I don't know like east or west what side it is but it's on the side of the map on the road that runs downhill and people will be familiar with it from that uh, older map they'll kind of they'll, they'll get it in their head once they see it and i was down there uh just firing at someone just down at the bottom on the weekend some match and i was firing at them and then i was waiting a bit just strafing the corner like popping in and out having a look where they're going where they're going for a little bit i was, I was being defensive because i was just getting absolutely shot on by some other people in the lobby and in like no time like as i was still strafing the same corner the guy had managed to rotate all the way through the map which he definitely couldn't have done in 2009 and like popped out behind me and just did me up with an smg in a way that would not have been possible on the old games so there's just a room for skill expression like there wasn't in the old games and people are better so the overall experience is quite different to uh an mw2 experience in you know in that sense as i say you really do feel it in this game the um skill expression because of the uh, the the changes to the shooting and the movement, uh, so that that's a, that's how it felt different. But I did have a great time. You know, I'm left overall with a really positive feeling because I invite the challenge. You know, because when I did well, um, even though I was getting shit on, the few matches where I did do really well um, in Skid Row, I had just discovered uh, a very what feels like broken SMG. It was having a great time and it felt amazing. It felt I was getting more dopamine than I got uh, than I almost ever got through MWT. Because when you do have to, you know, slide, do a little mechanic, do something nice, strafe a corner. That when you've got options to fight, uh, y- usually there are people that are going to be better using them against you. But it's really satisfying when you've done them once or twice yourself. So, you know, you take the rough with the smooth. Um, that's how it's different. But I think a lot of people will like that these days. Yeah, I am. I am still curious to check that out. Um, MW2, the, sorry, the original Modern Warfare 3 uh, is again, it means a lot to me. Uh, I, very, uh, very important for our generation, I think. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgia. I have so much nostalgia for Skid Row. And like, imagine, imagining running. That map is still amazing. That was the yeah. best one in the beta. It felt beautiful. It's so good. And I feel like um, I could get something out of kind of having a new experience in there. I think there is, I don't want to like completely dismiss the idea of like going back to these maps at all. I think I still, it just reads like such a cynical ploy to me, but I'm not completely against the idea. And I, I, I can totally see how that um, can be fun, especially if like the gameplay is different then. Um, you know, like you said, the, the, the game just changed, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, w- I will play it. I, I wasn't part of the, I think this uh, weekend was PS5 exclusive or like P- PlayStation exclusive, right? 
Yes, yeah. So I don't have a PS5, so I didn't play it. Also, I didn't want to. But uh, next weekend, I'm going to play. Uh, definitely on PC. Maybe I'll see if I can get on on, on the old PS4. Uh, you know, that's a thing that still exists and a lot of people use. Uh, and then check it out myself. And then we'll talk about it again next week and kind of then we can compare notes. Uh, yeah. But thank you uh, for your for your impressions. Again, uh, read John's review. Uh, review in progress. Uh, I'll link to it in the description. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah. Is there, we haven't really prepared this end section that we usually do. Do you have anything to look forward to the second weekend of the MW2 beta, I guess? Second weekend of the MW2 beta. Um, I'll be helping out with some other stuff tomorrow, but apart from that, my week and weekend will once again be uh, dominated with uh, COD and MW3 and hopefully writing some helpful guides and... You know, interesting bits of news as the uh, I'm sure they'll make little updates along the way. I think that that is the big takeaway for this game. As you said, like it is a cynical ploy, and it's kind of just if you can accept that, if you can be okay with that, there's a great COD game. You're here. gonna have fun. But you just it. have to kind of. It's almost. It's at some point. This is a joke. Uh, Luke's made on the weekend. Uh, that it's it's almost like a power play at times. Like how much it's in your face that they're kind of fucking with you, because the <laughs> vanguard. Um, the Vanguard made by Sledgehammer, the same people making this game. The uh, they've reused some of the same Red Dot sites from that World War Two game, <laughs> and they haven't even changed the names. It's still called the like Nadoyev Model nineteen thirteen that you can put on the ACR. Amazing. So as I say, it 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 feels like a power play, like they're doing it in your face, and you've got to accept it. But if you if you will accept the cynical ploy and you will take what Call of Duty gives you fucking good card game to be honest yeah, you, you, <laughs> that, that, that's it Yeah, you have to swallow the blue pill but damn is that steak tasty oh exactly um, it, damn is that the best steak you've ever tried yeah I want to just briefly mention that this week another game is coming out John because every week there's a game coming out in October and it's actually a pretty interesting game that completely I think it's having a hard time standing out in this packed month but it's Lords of the Fallen um, it's coming out the day after hit me it's coming out on Friday. You know Lords of the Fallen? Hello. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, I haven't played it. Is this a Souls-like? Yes. So the original game came out in like 2014, uh, briefly I after the... I helped someone years ago with some... with. Uh, I, I helped on an article. I don't know what... Not 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 something serious, but I'm sure I've heard of this, yes, but I've never played it. it was like... Is it a good... Uh, is it a good Souls-like? Uh... I have never played the first game much. Uh, it was like one of the first like obvious Souls likes where it's like, oh yeah, this is so close to Dark Souls, right? Okay, uh, and yeah. it was pretty good, and it was made by I think Deck Thirteen, who later made The Surge, which I think is uh, are better games, and they're basically same like Souls like formula, but set in a sci-fi world, which is more interesting. Lots of the Fallen is like the typical dark fantasy stuff, and they're now making a new game, which is also called Lots of the Fallen. It's just like the fucking Call of Duty thing. Like just... Wait, sorry. Uh, the, so it's, okay, yeah, yeah. You've said it there. So there's Lords of the Fall in 2014. Yeah, and Lords of the Fall. Okay, Fallen and then Lords of the Fall in 2023. That's not long enough to get. I know COD are bullshit and they did it as well, but at least COD waited like uh, over ten years before doing that. This is nine years. This is this is well. I mean, it's and, it's all but, much of a muchness. But when, wow. When the new one was announced originally, it was called the Lords of the Fallen, and then they dropped the D. Uh, <laughs> no, it's literally called the same as the first game. Anyway, wow. um, I will. 
from what I've heard from previews, and I'm in the process of uh, getting this game, and I will play it and um, probably produce some content about it. I am quite uh, not excited, but I'm I am looking forward to checking it out. It has some potential. It it, it kind of looks. It, it's obviously still very Dark Souls inspired, but it, it looks like it has a little bit more of its own identity. Um, it is still like this third-person Souls-like action adventure with RPG elements, but there's like cool stuff going on. Like um, in this game, you have like a parallel world, and you can at any time with an item switch between the two worlds. And that's like that's its twist. That's one of its twists. Not a twist, but like like yeah. how like you know how all these souls that need to have a thing, right? Yeah. Like Remnant's the one with guns. Lysa yeah. is the one with the Pinocchio. okay. That this is its thing, yeah. With Pinocchio, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Which is, which looks really cool, previous. Um, and there's like some cool puzzle um, puzzle elements. There's just like you know exploring, and it looks like really cool visually. The the game is like it's an Unreal Engine five game, and it looks fucking amazing. Uh, anyway, if people are into like Souls likes and um, reviews are still not out, so I don't. This might be really bad. And I haven't played it yet, but I am personally really interested wow. in it. So, uh, and I assume it will be good. Uh, we'll see. But it, let's if it's good. Occurrence. If it's good, uh, I want to put it on people's radar because this is really uh, just like going under in this like very very packed month. Uh, let's yeah. talk about soon maybe not maybe we'll wait till a quiet time or a quieter month but i would like as a one uh one, I, we should talk about souls likes and that whole market one time i'm wondering whether we're getting close to market saturation because bloody hell we had like remnant lies of p now this three souls like in as many months or, or that's yeah. what it feels like it is, um, it i feel months, like we've yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they do, they, they have their following, right? So I'd be, yeah, we should talk about that one time. And I'd be interested to know if it's like, are we, is this for future, we're always going to have Souls-likes, or is this a fad? And there, um, there wasn't yeah. a Souls-like game from, from Software. They made fucking Armored Core, so it's like kind of... <laughs> they, yeah, they, they've gone full circle. They've moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they don't make Souls-likes anymore. Well, we, the, we, yeah. will, we will get the big Elden Ring DLC next year, which I assume will be basically like a new game. Um, so... They're still in the market, but yeah, it is. It is. It is, if you want to play, if you like Dark Souls and you want to play games that are similar like it, but made by different people, you have more than enough uh, choice nowadays. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, keep that keep that in Chuck mind. The block. Uh, and that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I will I will probably spend my weekend playing that and the Call of Duty beta. Awesome! Awesome! Um, I think that's it, John. We talked about two big games for a while. Uh, I think there's. We laid out everything there's there's to know about these uh, big titles. If you, dear listeners, enjoyed this, please give us a review if your platform allows for it. Give us five stars. Um, it would be much appreciated. It helps us grow. And we still need new chairs in the studio, so please give us five stars so we can afford them. And, Perfect. And, and share this episode if you want to... Uh, if you're a Call of Duty guy and you're not sure about Modern Warfare 3 and your buddies are not sure about it, or you just want to hear people talk about it, uh, or... <laughs> Mum doesn't know where to buy it. She she's she, yeah, she loves a slide cancel. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you need to yeah. convince your mom to buy Modern Warfare 3, send her this episode. Uh, <laughs> mom, you're an aggressive SMG player. You will love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think AC Mirage is another game where like maybe people are not quite sure what it is and what's the deal and, and is it really worth it. Um, Send them this episode. They can they can hear all about it. Uh, and yeah, tune back in next week. We will talk about Call of Duty again when I've played it. We'll maybe talk about Lords of the Fallen, considering it uh, depends on how much I like it. Uh, and yeah, 
many, many other things. Thank you very much. And see you again next week. Bye. Bye-bye.